Uh, this week's guests were extremely fortunate to have uh, Jeanette Finlay of the Call It Out campaign. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, the Call It Out campaign is an anti-discrimination uh, campaign running in Glasgow. Um, wanting to have an influence in wider Scotland and it's primarily about making sure that Catholic churches are more exposed to anti-Catholic bigotry uh, and sentiment via Orange Order marches. Um, those of you who live in and around the city will know that the Orange Order march extensively through most of the year um, for various reasons and that their main ethos and sort of founding principle is that uh, anti-Catholic sentiment and pro-unionist bias and whatnot. Um, obviously this is something that's been accepted in the city for quite a period of time, um, you know, and Jeanette and our organisation are now starting to push back against that. Uh, we're going to just talk to them about obviously how things started, how they're progressing and, and where they kind of want to go next and um, yeah, any comments or, you know, contributions you want to make on this. I know this is a hot topic issue in Glasgow. Um, anybody wants to argue against any of what we feel are the reasonable points Jeanette's made, you know, we'd love to hear for you. So, thanks. So hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Rebel City Podcast. Um, today we're really fortunate to have Jeanette Finlay um, of the Call It Out campaign uh, and to talk about um, obviously what they've been up to in recent months and, and, and kind of, you know, various court cases and bits and bobs. Um, Jeanette, we always kind of like to let the guests kind of really introduce themselves in, in sort of very general terms. So I don't know if maybe you could just let people yeah. know who you are if they don't already. Oh. Yep. Okay. Is that okay? Yep. Um, my name's Jeanette Finlay and I'm the chair of the Call It Out campaign and not the Cut It Out campaign as was on the BBC last week. Um, Quality researching. <laughs> don't know what else you want me to tell you. I'm All involved right. in a few campaigns but that's yeah. that's the one that, that we're talking about today. No worries. Um, so in terms of obviously the campaign itself, my understanding it sort of first came to prominence when I think I seen a picture from a sort of private pro or a, a peaceful protest with, with a small number of your campaigners uh, on the was it Parkhead Cross up to uh, say St Michael's St, St. Michael's um, there seemed to be quite a, a reaction to it at the time but in itself you know I know obviously the, the protests themselves have grown in, in, in size mm -hmm. quite mm -hmm. considerably and we'll cover that sort of later on but yeah. um, in the beginning it seemed like there was a, a massive reaction to quite a small, peaceful event. Yeah. Um, what was the thinking behind these protests? Well, <clears throat> the campaign itself began uh, August, September 2018, so mm -hmm. not even a year old. And um, it came about because there had been in quite close uh, succession uh, three incidents one was the attack on Charlie Phelan, who was a Derry Celtic supporter, who was mm -hmm. making his way back home 
uh, after a game and was attacked in Girvan and in fact injured so badly that he lost the sight in one eye. And the police in Ayrshire now, he was he was a Celtic supporter wearing a Celtic strip, heading back down towards the boat, quite clear that he was Irish, quite clear yeah. Celtic supporter. And he was attacked by a group of people who were part of an orange band for Motherwell who were coming back the way. Right. So they'd been in Belfast. And he was blinded. And the police in Ayrshire refused to term that as an anti uh, Irish, like a racist attack, they refused to call it a religious aggravated or a racially aggravated hate crime. So that was the first thing, which is horrendous. Mm -hmm. And the second thing was that there was a prominent Labour Party uh, member who was who was chairing a live streamed session of Labour Party conference in which he made a uh, quotes uh, yeah, joke, joke uh, about person blessing themselves and therefore they were they weren't going to get to speak and in, in and of itself no an important yeah. thing but i think indicative of i don't know what his chat must have been he yeah. must have thought that was okay yeah. and that it would be okay and then the final thing was the uh, assault on uh, canon white outside saint alphonsus in the july and lots of people say all the time he was spat on by one man who was then convicted. In actual fact, Canon White had 26 different DNA samples on his vestments. Whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, so that one person who was arrested and convicted was only one of 26. Um, and I don't know how many of your listeners will be aware of this, but, you know, lots of people, for lots of people, that was an incident which they found horrendous and yeah. really awful, but thought this was either new or unique or something. Yeah. Now, having been brought up in this city all of my life, I can tell you that assaults on priests, assaults on church buildings, mm -hmm. abuse of parishioners, uh, you know, attacking, you know, breaking the windows of the, the chapel house, yep. the mighty marches. None of this is new. It is not new. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference is, is that in the past, like many minority communities, I think, our approach as a community was to just keep our heads down and say yeah. nothing about it. Priests even now, and bear in mind, these are often middle-aged or elderly men living alone or maybe mm -hmm. an even older retired priest yeah. uh, in quite big houses feel quite vulnerable and unprotected so even now don't necessarily want to report or bring attention to any of the mm -hmm. things that happened to them and I can remember I mean all of my life certainly as I was growing up and as I was a teenager I would have been told by my parents just on the days that there were big walks you would um, stay at the town yeah. don't go near them Absolutely. don't you know just watch yourself don't identify yourself in any... That's the first thing any... I remember any of my parents telling me about the Orange Walk and the Orange Order is don't break the ranks when they're in town, let's yeah. stay as far yeah. away from them as humanly yeah. Don't possible. even be in the town, yeah. let's say. That sort of thing. So that's how we as a community a community have dealt with us all of this time. And what I think is people are finding they're a bit incredulous about is they think this has just happened. That yeah. This is a new thing and mm -hmm. that they just think, but, but, but why is this all of a sudden, mm -hmm. and you think, well, actually, it's taken us the best part of about 180 years to really say, no, we don't like this, and we think we should be treated like other, uh, like any other yeah. human being, mm -hmm. but we also think we should be offered the protections of other uh, 
the community. So, for instance, when that happened to Canon White, although our community rallied around, and I mean the wider yeah. Irish, Irish Catholic community, because those two things are more or less interchangeable. We'll say a bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, although we rallied around them, not a soul, not a soul from, at that point, any politician, anybody for the trade union movement actually moved to say anything. It took until probably um, the afternoon of the following day and only following lobbying by yeah. people like myself or anybody... Uh, I think Richard Leonard was probably the first one to come out and say and condemn it. Mm -hmm. And even then, still a real, a real reluctance to use the term anti-Catholic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'll say a bit more about that whole mm -hmm. issue about terminology a wee bit later on, if you like. Yeah. Um, but that has changed in a very short time because what happened then was we decided to put our campaign together. We called it Call It Out. Because we said, you know, you have to call it what it is. In order to deal with a problem, you have to name it, you have to identify it, and you have to say why it's wrong, and you have to then address it, mm -hmm. to measure it, look at the extent of it. And so uh, we, we said, you know, you have to call it out, because, of course, um, the political class are very keen to use the word sectarianism. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a bit like chewing gum, it sticks to everything. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous word. And it's, it's actually worse than being not very helpful or specific. It's actually used as a cover. <clears throat> and it's used in order to say, you know, this is a problem which has two sides, this is a problem, you yeah. know, that that's, has an equal weight and on it, you know, uh, and these are between two sets of the Christian yeah. faith. This yeah. is what mm -hmm. this is. And we wholly deny that. I mean, that is just not what it is. Any proper analysis will tell you, using the government's own statistics, Nothing uh, yeah. conjured up out of you know um, surveys that we've conducted. Yeah. These are these are yeah. large scale, uh, like large scale. Um, these are the these are the, This is the information that comes from the Crown Office Procurator Fiscal Service. This is the government's own statistics, and it, it will tell you that Catholics are first of all massively overrepresented among the victims of religious aggravated crime. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we're about 16% of the population mm -hmm. and we're about 55, 56% yeah. of the cases where there's religious aggravated crime, Catholicism is, is the religion uh, against which the yep. hatred is being expressed. I read that in the build-up, I think, yeah. 54 was what I read, yeah. yeah. So it, it varies, but it's yeah. always around that figure. But it's nearly three, four figure. times yeah. what so the actual proportion of the population about is, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Moreover, um, because this is not the only problem, in some ways, obviously, for anybody that that's happened to, that's terrible, but in some ways not the worst problem. We as a community are massively overrepresented in the prison population. Mm -hmm. The Scottish Government know that because a number of years ago, Tom Minogue took a petition to yep. the, and asked, please explain this. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was never a proper explanation. The best they could say is, well, Catholics are more likely to be in prison because they're more likely to be poor. And I think that then begs the next yeah, question, but that uh, question was yeah. never put or answered. Uh, so we're more, so li yeah, yeah. <clears throat> more likely to be in prison, more likely to be poor, um, more likely to suffer from issues around mental health, yeah. alcoholism, 
um, which have never been properly investigated. There's been some investigation by, I think, the Public Health Unit at Glasgow University and having accounted for things like income, occupation, you know, other health issues, trying to take into account everything else that might explain it, mm -hmm. they're left with this residual amount, which is we're more likely to be in that situation. And frankly, my explanation of that, although I don't have evidence for yeah. that, but my explanation for that, or a possible explanation, is that we're still strangers in a strange land. Um, we're still not fully accepted. Mm. We're either told, well, the famine's over so we can go home. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, go back to Ireland. Or we're told we're Scottish and if we claim any allegiance to the land where our people came from, we're plastic Irish. Yeah. Now, you don't ever hear mm. about plastic Pakistanis or no, plastic Italian. Or, yeah, but plastic but, paddies so, are... So we can, that's right. So we're, I, we're either plastic paddies or we can go home. Mm -hmm. We're not just... A community that's been here, a multi-generational yeah. community, been here for a, quite a long time, not necessarily planning to go anywhere else, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and just be accepted that we're entitled to have an allegiance to the land that we came from and to maintain our Irish culture, music, sport, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Somehow, alone among all the minority communities, the Irish are not allowed to do that. Now, you'll notice that I'll, I'll, I've talked about Irish and Catholic. Mm -hmm. And that's because those two things can almost be conflated in the Scottish circumstance. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that everybody who's Irish is Catholic and everybody who's Catholic is Irish. Of course, of course. that's not true. Mm -hmm. But by and large, that's the case. Mm -hmm. And in actual fact, uh, academics, when they look at this, prior to the 2011 census, the one, you couldn't tick Irish. You just had to be other white. Other um, so there was no measure of the multi-generational mm -hmm. Irish mm -hmm. uh, community and so Catholic is used as a proxy and it's a pretty good prox proxy yeah. uh, because we went up from about 11% to about 16% and that was the new Polish community so of course we all had an older right. Polish community we've had the Italians mm -hmm. and they're a small part of it then we got this influx of the new Polish so that expanded the Catholic figure to 16% mm -hmm. the sort of older you know, mainly Irish communities, probably nearer 11 or 12 percent, okay. something around those numbers. But that's what we used. Mm -hmm. And even then in 2011, lots of people who would identify as Irish, they sing Irish songs, they have Irish names, they have their children Irish names, yeah. they think of themselves as people who come from an Irish background, felt that they couldn't tick Irish because they thought they needed to have an Irish passport to say that. Whereas, right. of course, the census question is not about that. Mm -hmm. The census question is saying, you know, what's your ethnic background? Mm -hmm. not, not what's your citizenship? Right. Or your, See, your, I would have done that. I would have said I'm Scottish. Yeah. And my grandparents were Irish. So. And, and of course, you're entitled, if that's how you feel, because lots of our young people yeah. now, while recognising that they come from Irish descent, do consider themselves Scottish. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely fine, mm -hmm. because everybody is entitled to choose that yeah. for themselves. So, just a wee note to your readers, when the census comes back round again in yeah. 2021, you can tick Irish if that's how you see yourself. You don't have to have an Irish passport. <laughs> and I think as well, just kind of harking back on some of your points, you know, that if you identify as a Scot with Irish heritage, you can identify that in any manner of ways. Like, that's something that we, 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 as you say, we don't have in the country. There is no Scottish equivalent of being an Irish-American or no. an African-American no, or whatever yeah. it is. These people who have 
a, a duality as part of their identity and are able to acknowledge both equally like that is something that I, I, I feel we're lacking in Scotland and it's weird and it's one of the main points of your campaign that has really resonated with me I'm uh, or we're, we're both raised Catholic and I think we're both pretty safely lapsed at this point you know it's just something that we didn't carry on raising uh-huh. I'll pray life. for both of you <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much um at least the church will forgive us. Um, yeah, of course but, it will. Always but, um, forgive you and always welcome you back. What I liked was the the point that, and it's, it's something that, you know, when somebody says something and it's such a common sense thing that you go, why has that thought never occurred to me before? <laughs> or why is that no part of the conversation that we're having every day? And I think it was a tweet along the lines of, you know, if, if someone that was protesting the Jewish, if anti-Semites were protesting the Jewish community, political infrastructure and leadership mm. across the board would be universally against it why is that not the case with you know catholics and the irish you know community and it was like it's so obvious and so common sense a, a point that i was like even raised a catholic of irish descent that thought never really like resonated with me to that mm. point and i think it kind of underlines a lot of what's going on in the campaign because as much as in glasgow the conversation about bigotry and you know quote-unquote sectarianism and whatnot is it's in people's minds is you know it's there as they're, they're uniquely Glasgow or specific to this city but they'll know and the kind of point I'm trying to make here is I've actually lost myself to be fair um what was I getting at there it was oh my god that's the first thing that's ever happened um Sorry. See, so, I think uh, that's because this really means something to you. Yeah, it's a common <laughs> sense. Thing. So, like, in terms of your campaign, the common sense approach that I really appreciate is, again, pointing out that what we mm, just discussed, yeah. but also in terms of what you're asking for from these authorities yeah. that are no speaking up and no taking, yeah. you know, anything to do with it until they're being basically forced up their arm up their back, is that you're not asking for marches to be banned. You're not asking for, you know, the organisation to be prescribed, even though, given, you know, the history of the organisation, I'm sure there are other organisations out there in the UK that have been prescribed for less, um, you're just saying, as an Irish Catholic, the same as the Catholic community in Glasgow, we do not need to be confronted with this as our parishioners leave the chapel. And to me, like the, the first point, that's an extension that's reasonable and sort of common sense. Like why is it not just the norm that we don't let anti-Catholic organisations march and protest outside Catholic churches? I mean, it's yeah. so simple and it's like basis that I don't get why we are not already doing it. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I think that's the bit that's making people slightly take a step back and think, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and funny enough, just, just around about the time that that happened to <coughs> Can and Tom on the London Road outside mm-hmm. St Alphonsus, uh, they, uh, there was an attack, an arson attack on a a good a Sikh temple. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing the name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And the following evening, there was just, without any organisation, really, as far as I could see, you know, trade unionists and other progressive groups and political parties were assembled outside to stand in solidarity. Yeah. That never happened <coughs> in, um, in our case. Yeah. Although I'm delighted to say that that is now happening. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so we have, we've had, um, you know, quite uh, 
high-ranking officials for the SCC have been has been on many of our protests. We've had the Glasgow Trades Council banner at the last one. Mm -hmm. We've had um, the RMT have appeared. My own union, UCU, at the Congress last weekend mm -hmm. passed the resolution supporting um, you know the campaign and what we're doing. Um, so that is changing. I know mm -hmm. that there are activists inside other unions like the PCS, the EIS, all saying, yes, you know, we need to start talking about this. So, yes, I, I understand what you mean. And it is funny because people are saying, oh, all right. And, and in order to sort of understand why you're so surprised by that, you have to think, well, that is really says something about the standing of the Catholic or Irish Catholic mm. community in Scotland, despite the fact we're the oldest minority community. Yeah. So, you know, people used to say, Glasgow City Council used to quite blithely say the um, Pakistani community was the biggest ethnic minority. We're the biggest ethnic yeah. minority. But we just were not recognised as that. We were neither one thing nor the other. Mm -hmm. We're neither Scottish nor Irish. That's exactly my point about being strangers in a strange land. Yeah. We're an immigrant community. We don't have a home and we're not accepted where we've turned up. That's mm -hmm. really what it is. Now, Am I saying that we're in the same situation as the people who came over in the very early waves in 1845 to 52? No, of course I'm not saying that. Yeah. And of course I'm, of course we recognise a huge change. And, and that's probably why the fact that we now have a, a confident, educated Catholic community, that we're able to say the things that we're saying now. Yeah. But it has taken a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And still you get a kickback. You get a kickback for the obvious dinosaurs. Yeah. And those people are just bigots. Mm -hmm. The bigots and the racists. And what do you expect for a pig but a yeah. grunt? That's Absolutely. what you'll get for them. So, in some ways, I don't, I don't really regard and those are them. assertions that have been held up in court. I think was it, yeah. was it George Galloway that went to court, having oh, yeah. accused them of being anti-Irish. Well, George, George Galloway was taken to court, taken to court sorry. Uh, by Adam Ingram mm -hmm. and sued for libel because he referred to Adam Ingram's membership in an orange flute band, yeah. and he referred to it as an anti-Catholic um, supremacist yeah. organisation, uh -huh. and he wanted. And, uh, so, I mean, Adam Ingram wanted to dump it, and Lord yeah. Kingarth said that that was fair comment. Absolutely. So, so, we'll so, know, so you we'll expect know that. Yeah. This is legitimately this no, absolutely. Is. There's absolutely no problem. Nobody will sue you for saying that. I have said that the Orange Order are anti Catholic on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've yet to be um, taken to court. There is no question of that. Yeah. I actually have recently, it fell into my hands, and I think this is quite unusual. A copy of the Constitution and Rules of the Grand Orange Lodge of Scotland of okay. uh, 2016. Wow. And I can assure you that this is an anti Catholic organisation. Yeah. This is an organisation that doesn't tell you, you know, like any organisation, it tells you what you have to, what the rules are in order to join, so mm -hmm. the qualifications for membership. Yeah. And of course, you have to be a follower of the reformed tradition yes. of the Christian faith. That's fine. I don't have a problem with having Protestant only organisations. They're absolutely entitled to have that. Mm -hmm. But it then lists all of the various tenuous connections with Catholicism, which would, would which would exclude you, would not allow yeah. you to join on the same basis. Now, it makes no mention of other religions. It makes no mention of no religion. And it's not even your own personal. It could mm -hmm. be your wife. It could be your, you know, obviously it's a male organisation. Yeah. So, so this is an organisation which is deeply, deeply anti-Catholic. And, mm -hmm. and I, I don't really care if it does various charitable works and other yeah. things. But that's what it is. So my point was, 
you would expect that kind of talk uh, from them. Mm -hmm. But you also will get from people like, for instance, Tom Devine. Tom Devine is held up as uh, being a very prominent um, uh, yeah. academic who speaks on these matters. But he has recently, for reasons which I don't quite understand, um, going way beyond his academic expertise, mm -hmm. even begun to dabble in statistics, yeah. would you believe, along with uh, Michael Rosie, who's a, an academic from Edinburgh, who I think is, I think he's a sociologist, uh, but he's one of these people, he's one of the sort of usual suspects yeah. when the government wants to pull together an anti-sectarian, I'm making we quote fingers here, yeah. uh, anti-sectarian thing. So he's one of the people who do that. And he's, he's a guy who likes to... Uh, float about with the orange order, makes mm -hmm. great play on social media about how his pals with them thought it was hilarious when they bought him a bottle of Chateau Neuf de Pape, okay. uh, you know, that kind of thing. So Michael Rosie and Tom Devine are now mounting a, a valiant challenge to deny that there's any anti-Catholicism or any, yeah. uh, any anti-Irishism oh. in Scotland for, for reasons that I don't know. Playing around with the statistics, trying to imply they don't say that. I mean, Tom Devine appears to think there's a Catholic middle class and I personally don't suffer any, you know, I've taken a knighthood for the Queen and I personally don't suffer anti-Catholicism. So it must be that there's not. Yeah. Well, he should come and stand outside St Alphonsus mm -hmm. or St Mary's Absolutely. or St Michael's or any church in Scotland mm -hmm. and watch these people going past and then tell us that there is no anti-Catholicism. And also, to be fair to him, I agree the Orange Order is not our biggest problem. Mm -hmm. It is not our biggest problem. The biggest problem is the structural ingrained anti-Irish racism and anti-Catholic bigotry, which is right through Scottish society, all areas mm -hmm. and all classes. That is our biggest problem. We hope at some point to be able to start to talk about some of those things. But since we began the campaign, given that the Orange Order have parades from February to December, mm -hmm. we've really been quite busy trying to address that issue Absolutely. but hopefully we'll get to a point where we can start to talk about the kind of materials that our children are being taught in mm -hmm. schools quite dreadful um, yeah. materials used by the anti-sectarianism again I'm doing quotes fingers industry in Scotland actually bigoted and racist in itself mm -hmm. and these are funded by the Scottish Government to basically warp the minds <laughs> of our children and somehow tell them that the background, even the national flag of the country that their people came yeah, from, is somehow associated with bigotry and is nothing to do with Scotland. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are lots of issues which we as a very standard anti-discrimination campaign, mm -hmm. similar to all sorts of other anti-discrimination campaigns, want to start addressing mm -hmm. but in the meantime we really have can't have people spitting on our priests yeah of course <laughs> no, I think that's maybe something to do with the the fact that you get a lack of engagement from like political organizations and establishment organizations is because of the influence that still exists from like the orange order throughout like the establishment and in, the masons in the uk and the Masons. Mm -hmm, yeah. Again, not every Mason is a member of the Orange Order. Far from it. They, I think they would regard themselves as a class above. Yeah, that's almost certainly. a that's almost a class issue I'm rather than it. anything else. Mm -hmm. um, Masons, I think, um, 
I'm, I'm by no means an expert, but I think them, they must have a hand in a lot of this stuff that they keep going. Yeah. You know, you take the network of um, bowling clubs across Scotland. I heard recently that um, uh, there was a, a lady who had been part of a bowling club, built up a local thing, was very involved in it for many years. Uh, a Catholic and was sitting and was subjected to a discussion where another club which had been opened up to uh, had been opened up to women and they were discussing that and they were saying well at least they don't have to have Catholics <laughs> you know so that it's well known it's well known that there are very few bowling clubs across Scotland where and I don't want to denigrate bowling I'm sure it's of a very course. nice activity yeah, yeah. and people have a nice time but but you know, it is well known among the Catholic community that there are many bowling clubs where being a Catholic is just not accepted. Whether they still physically say, no, you can't be a member, it's just not late. Yeah, absolutely. I know that, and coming up to, you know, today I was speaking with various other friends and sort of colleagues uh, about their opinions on, you know, this and other sort of related subjects, and that kind of like low level, I think it, maybe partly it comes from us where, as you say, we've always sort of traditional kept our head down, turn the other cheek, as the church says, and these types of things. And I can get why that has been people's attitude uh, for so long. But again, in the context of the modern world and how these issues are addressed, it is important that somebody step forward and address them. But, like, that low level, you know, obviously it's, it's ingrained uh, almost subconsciously in a lot of people, like you say, you know, would rather have women than Catholics and that type of thing. Like... <clears throat> I think part of it comes to us in a, in, a, in a sense, and what I mean by that is that oh, I wasn't going with me this morning. Man. Your brain's just my brain is just not got enough coffee in it. Sorry, I'm usually better at this. <laughs> um, so you were saying about like um, the whole level. Mm -hmm. So I football gets held up a lot as you know this thing. <laughs> you know this. Yeah. You know they, they go hand in hand. Football and bigotry, football and sectarianism, etc. But I think when you look at the low level stuff, like what I don't I don't know where Catholic representation is in other sports or you know other mm. you know mainstream you know ideas like the media and all these other things. So, I mean, one of the guys I was speaking to was saying that like for example with the Scottish rugby national team, you know like how he, he thinks he can count the amount of Catholics that have been represented at that level on maybe one or two hands, but it's always football that's held up. So it is something that gets unnecessarily focused on, but probably sometimes in the wrong areas. Well, we are a minority community. Mm -hmm. um, and as I've said, we are overrepresented among the poor. Mm -hmm. So there's a class issue there. So there won't be... The, the, the number of um, Catholics who go to schools that play rugby mm -hmm. will be an even tinier proportion of the population. Yeah. And so there's a class thing there. So the upper classes don't indulge their anti-Catholicism in the same way as the, as the working class does. You know, mm -hmm. there's a class issue yeah. there. And um, so, so there's lots of, there's never a simple explanation to all mm -hmm. of these things. But the reality is that that is there. Mm -hmm. It's through the media. Undoubtedly, there are newspapers where, you know, Catholics will be there now, but still kept in a certain uh, to a certain level, yeah, or certainly still we're still treated with suspicion, and you know that suspicion goes way back. You know, originally it would have been that we had an allegiance to another state. We had an, you know we have allegiance to another state. We have an allegiance to another country. We're terrorists, you know. Yeah. 
Sadly, sadly for um, you know Pakistanis and and the rest of the Muslim community, they've now picked up that mantle mm -hmm. from us, and they're more likely to be stopped at airports. Back in the day, it used to be us. Mm -hmm. So you right. know, uh, I'd have no idea. I'd have no idea that that happened. Like, it, it yeah. More likely to get stopped if you're oh, Catholic. Well, you? if you were come back forward for Ireland, you would definitely be getting <laughs> yeah, stopped. Well, yes. Mm, so, sense. so that's that's the basis on which we would have been. Uh, so, lots of people of my age and younger would have spent a lot of time being stopped at airports, coming mm -hmm. back and forward, and mm -hmm. filling in cards and, and those kinds of things. So, so you know, that's less the case now. When they're looking for mm -hmm. terrorists, they tend to be looking for more of the brown-skinned variety. Yeah. So, the you know, um, and and that's a shame for them, but it's but it's uh, it used to be us. Mm -hmm. So, I think that that whole no, no, I'm losing my plot. My, my, losing my oh no plot. I'm not making a plot. There is no plot. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, oops. Uh, uh, so the point being that that kind of how how anti-Catholicism and anti-Irish racism manifests itself mm -hmm. is different at different times mm -hmm. but it is undoubtedly there yeah. and if you talk about football so i mean football fans i mean obviously you know i was a campaigner on uh, fans against criminalization against the offensive behavior yep. football act you know so we're neds we're thugs we're bigots mm -hmm. we're, and it's and and that's so that's us that's who who we are and it's only really in the west of scotland so it's an even smaller group mm -hmm. and yeah. so there's this tiny group how have we managed in that tiny, you know, small pool of people, how have we managed to ensure that Catholics are overrepresented in the prison system and yeah. they're overrepresented? And they didn't reach occupational parity until about 2000. Mm -hmm. The Irish immigrants who came here in 1845 to 52 didn't reach occupational parity until the year 2000, whereas yeah. in America they reached it in, in uh, uh, the 1900s. So yeah. how, how is that? You know, so yeah. it, it can be the case that these basically working class people with very little power mm -hmm. have managed to keep the Catholic population down. That's just not the case. Absolutely. So, so what is it we're talking about? Then? I think as well. I mean, it goes so far beyond the football when we talk about. I know obviously there has been times where we've been there and been verbally, and, you know, racially abused, told to go home to a country that. I have never been to and have no personal You've never affiliate. been to Ireland? I've been to the North, um, which I'm sure of. That's Ireland. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just for the benefit of your... This the, is what I'm saying. Ireland consists of 32 counties. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's never been something that was a, an issue for me personally. It wasn't something that resonated or I had any sort of personal connection to. Um, but in terms of the experience of anti-Catholic sentiment, anti you know, you say about around about 2000s, it reminds me of a time where I went, to, I was going to university where I was accepted unconditionally to every university that I applied to in the country, except one, which I'll no name, in Glasgow. And to this day, I believe that I, the, the, the criteria they put out for me was so ridiculous and so... Was it like, you didn't have O-level French? Oh, I don't know. It was something <laughs> I didn't have. It was, I needed another eight high or five hires to get in when I already had six and everybody was queuing up to get me. Mm -hmm. And I believe to this day that the reason that stipulation mm -hmm. was put on me was one, to keep me out, and two, because I was coming from an RC secondary school. Uh, and I, I can't, I've, over the years I've mulled on it and thought about it. I've never ever been able to come to another conclusion as to why that particular university puts such a pro, you know, habit of standard on me that others mm. didn't run the country but just yeah it, it comes up in daily situations for people and obviously some of them are quite nuanced and, and again that's something that at the time didn't really register because i was a young guy 
but in my later years, I look back on and go, Why did that happen? Why? Why did they want mm-hmm. five hires that every other university in country didn't want? Lottery, and I think that this is a way that people say things like, oh, well, it's, it's nothing to do with your religion or it's where you come from. But when you think about the way that, and, and you can see this in America, but it happened here as well, I think, where they, they basically put people in wee groups and just keep them there and sort mm-hmm. of almost like keep them segregated and mm-hmm. surround them then. That's a way of controlling that, and if you come for that area, then you're not going to get access to this, and you're not going to get access to that. That's yeah. just another... But it's not because you're not Catholic, it's, not, it's because yeah, you live in that area, like but it's just Catholics that live in that that's area. That's the kind of excuse that's used, is like, yeah. it's about the postcode, it's got nothing to do with the religion or the, the, the ethnicity of the people, but it's hard for you not to assume that, that that's what it is. Yeah. I think it's less a geographic thing. I mean, um, Glasgow's... Glasgow, if you're talking about Glasgow, is very, um, um, it's not segregated really mm. to, to any great extent. Lanarkshire's a bit more, but even that's mm. overstated. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of Catholics for Airdrie and plenty of Protestants for Coke Bridge. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's, it's a bit overstated, but it's a bit more than Glasgow. So, there is, so there's nothing really geographic, but there's certainly a class issue. There's certainly an issue around, as I say, you're more likely to, to be poor if you're a Catholic. Mm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. This many, you know... Um, couple of hundred years almost, yeah. you know, after we arrived in large numbers. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you could say, oh, well, it's because you're poor. But you can't explain that unless you say, well, why are we poor? Yes. And this is another thing that I always think of when I'm standing outside St Alphonsus and watching, watching uh, the anti-Catholic marchers go past. And I look to those people and really, God love them. They are really poor. They're poor. Yeah. They they're poor culturally. They're poor materially. They're poor in almost every way that you can think. They don't look healthy. They know at one point they took a very long time to get to Saint Alphonsus, and I thought they'd maybe done a detour by the Royal or something like that. <laughs> so, but but uh, you know they just don't look well. Uh, and and I just thought really, you should why parade across the road here in order to show your alleged supremacy over us, why not just walk across the road and say, let's go together and we'll all ask the people who make us poor why we're poor. Well, this, yeah. is, you know? this is a very good point. Because and I think is... that's where the trade unions have to come in and say mm-hmm, something yeah. on this. And, and, and I'm happy to say there's a lot of I've seen a lot of stuff online, um, especially like Twitter, where they say that white supremacy and... So the white supremacists and the sort of gangs that existed in sort of like LA had way more in common with each other than what they did like yeah. against yeah. each other. Like members of the Ku Klux Klan are like these types of organisations are yeah. working class people. And they're weaponised poor. Yeah, they're weaponising the poor. And you see that as well, where it's almost like... It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. The, the ruling class are very good at this. That's why they're still ruling. Mm-hmm. They're the minority, we're the majority. Yeah, the that's how they do it. It's the only way you can do it. It sounds a bit, you know, simplistic, mm-hmm. but that's how they do it. They're very good at it. They've been doing it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So they use all of these things, and there's a very particular historical, cultural thing that's arising peculiar to um to us and obviously to, to to Ireland where that is used. And if it wasn't that it would be something else. Do you think that the um things like Twitter are helping? So you're saying that people are starting so people are thinking this is a new thing. Mm. And the seeing the attitudes of like the guy on BBC and so and we'll cancel our marches if we're not allowed to walk by and 
of any sort of reasonable person must sit and just go, why are you? I, I have to say that I have to say that was very good. He was asked. This is uh, James McLean, who's appeared under two guises. The first time he was there for the Apprentice Boys of Derry, uh, okay. and the second time he was there as the, I believe, the Grand Treasurer of the Grand Orange, Lord, Orange Lodge. Mm -hmm. Anything I've seen, there's nothing very grand about it, but that's what they're called. Um, and he was asked, you know, but what's the problem here? Why don't you just detour a couple of streets? It's yeah. a very short detour. And why do you have to go past Catholic Churches? And apparently it's because um, the impetus for them not going past churches is the calumny, I think was the word he used, the calumny that's been professed by me and others against them, that they're anti-Catholic. So I think what he was saying, I think the logic of that, if I'm right, is that they had to march past the Catholic churches to show that they weren't actually anti-Catholic. To be honest, the logic of that escaped me yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. but I think that's what it was. They've accused us of being anti-Catholic, so we can't reroute because then we would be accepting that we are anti-Catholic, so we're going to have to keep marching past because we're no anti-Catholic. Right, I, th I think, the, yeah, I could be wrong. Play the fan song and bang yeah, yeah, maybe, that we're no bigots. Maybe, aye, that they're fans of the Beach Boys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So in terms of, obviously, the experience outside the, the, the church, um, the protest... I mean, it feels as though this is something that resonated with the community almost instantly. And I think a lot of people yeah. maybe had that moment that I had where I went, what, what, why are we not doing this already? You know what I mean? Like as we were talking earlier mm -hmm. on. I think when we've seen the, the initial pictures of sort of maybe six to eight years doing the, holding the banner up, I think you said it was St Michael's, to where we are now. It's Big group of middle-aged women. St Mary's <laughs> and beyond. Um, where we're talking, I mean, we went through single digits to yeah. probably pushing, you know, triple or quadruple digits in a matter of weeks. And the the community seems to have mobilised behind you, yeah. like okay. almost at the drop of a hat. And to that was quite nice to see, I think. To be honest, the difficulty at the outset was to keep the numbers down. Right. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you something. Just between the three of us in this room, <laughs> right, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Edit it out. Our community is really, really good at this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We're a minority community. We have to campaign and fight for everything we've had for day one. Yeah. <laughs> Are we just really good at it? Mm -hmm. In that hackneyed phrase, it's in our DNA. We know how to do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we were very clear that it was important to make sure that the media would not present what we were doing as being anything as like two, as I say, two sides of the one coin, or, or in, or, or in my cruder moments, two cheeks of the one arse. Yeah. We had to really make sure that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You have to make sure that your protest is as evidently non-violent and peaceful as it can be. Mm -hmm. And what is more peaceful than half a dozen middle-aged women silently holding a banner? Yeah. It? So that was the first thing that we did. Mm -hmm. And I think we had a, a police riot van each that day because I don't think they quite... Because they've never had this before. Yeah. Because to the best of my knowledge, and one of your listeners can maybe come, come back and correct me, but I don't think they will, nobody in our community has ever organised any kind of opposition to the orange walks, mm -hmm. to anti-Catholic walks. Never. I don't, I'm not aware of that. No, now, yeah. I'm not saying there hasn't been the odd 
scrap or something yeah. or somebody's Absolutely. you know through their head through a big drum or <laughs> I believe that happened <laughs> a couple of times you know that kind of thing but I mean a properly notified now don't in some ways we've come to use the term counter protest and that is the, the, the that is the term we used I don't like it now and a lot of people don't like it I mean really what we're doing is we're standing protecting the church we're not really mm -hmm. and, and we're standing in silent witness yeah. i don't really like the term counter protest but it's come to be used and i think within the legislation i suppose that is what they would call it but anyway yeah. so so when we notified them we said we're going to do this and they said um what sort of numbers i said oh, i don't know and they said right okay have you got some idea and i said no i don't know and yeah said, and they said well well what are we talking here are we talking Ten, a hundred, a thousand, and I went. Probably no a thousand. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, so, so really, but really, that was yeah, yeah. So really, people talking as if you know winter was coming in that first statement. I was on the the Orange Order and mm. Glasgow's website, and obviously they talked about that first protest and the statement they had for the police talked as if they were expecting like hordes yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. like, so so what you got in actual fact we became 10 women because mm -hmm. what happened was there was six of us for the campaign i think if i think right there were six and then we were outside st michael's and two of the women for st michael's came out and joined us mm -hmm. uh, because there's two masses and we were in between yeah. them and one of them had to go back in because she was a Eucharistic minister, so she had to go back out to distribute okay. communion at the second mass and then came back out again. Uh, so there's two women, so that brought us up to eight. And then there were two women who just happened to be walking back for Asda on the forge and just sort of came in with us and just, just joined. So we ended up being, I think, 10, maybe 11 in the end, but we were just holding a banner. The banner very simply said, no anti-Catholic marches past Catholic churches. And that, that was basically it. But there was a lot of hype around it because they were sending, their, they have a wee spotter guy on a bike who cycles up and down to see what's happening. Yeah, they have a wee guy who goes around and uh, cycles past and cycles back. And then you sometimes, you know, the, the guys on the other side of the road in cars filming and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All designed to uh, intimidate, but a bit foolish, really, to yeah. be honest. So anyway, we did that. That was fine. There had actually been a previous one, which probably nobody knows about. That wasn't really a, a, um, a protest as such, but we did go to a Lady of Good Council, where an orange parade goes down. There are set, if you know that area, yeah, yeah. Denison, obviously, it's done on a grid. So there are lots of streets you can go down yeah. if you want to go for Absolutely. the parade to Duke Street. Yeah. But of course they insist on going down the only one yeah. with a Catholic church on it. Yeah. And they came past the one when I was away. Yeah. Yeah. Early Good Council, that's yeah. right. Now we didn't we simply went there to observe and to see uh, how they conducted themselves. And in fact, if people are listening, that's the first stage. If you have an orange parade going past your church and you're unhappy about it, the first thing to do is to is to make sure that you observe the ones going past, make sure that they're observing the 100 metre rule either side of the church where they're only supposed to have a single drum tap. Okay. Um, you know, watch out for any uh, behaviours that you're not happy with. Record them if you can. Obviously keep yourself safe and don't yeah. be putting yourself in difficult situations, but you know, just keep an eye on what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then that's the basis on which you say uh, when the next march comes up, because you'll see those listed, your local authority will have to have those on a website that says, you know, future processions or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can see which processions have been notified. Yeah. And so you can then write and say, 
I'm objecting to this on this grounds because this is how they conduct themselves. Mm -hmm. So that being the case, that's where you start. You don't even have to have a protest as such. Yeah. Uh, but clearly that's something that you might want to organise or do, and, you know, just to stand. But it's incredibly important. The media in this country would have very quickly placed us, placed us in a kind of a war in tribes narrative mm -hmm. had we not made it absolutely the case that you could not describe us as being um, aggressive or even by yeah. having, you know, and this is not to say anything about young guys, but young guys will be portrayed in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so even now, though, the protests are bigger and they're men and women and yeah. they're, they're whatever, we still very much keep uh, women and older people at the fore. And that hasn't been difficult because, as you rightly pointed out, the community rallied around and there are lots of women of my age and older mm -hmm. Who from the parish, who who wish to be part of that and, yeah. and and appear there and say no, I'm going to be here, and and the one thing that they say every time it's really quite, it almost makes me want to cry anyway. They mm -hmm. they, they say we've put up with this for long enough. Mm. And I think that's that 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 going back to what Matt said at the start, that was kind of like my family's attitude was that we tolerate it. It was mm. tolerated. It was don't go near it. Because if you go near it, there'll be trouble. Mm. Just keep yourself as far away from it. And I think that as that has just been something that's just been passed down. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you go back like 100 years, it would be impossible to protest it. It would be impossible to get any sort of... Oh, no, you'd be murdered. Yeah, exactly. And, and the police would have either joined in or stood and let you be murdered. Yeah. And, so that, I mean, and we're not talking 100 years ago. We're talking about when I was a teenager. If I had tried to 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 protest or do anything like that, the police in Glasgow would have allowed you to have been assaulted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of evidence of that. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, like, it's... The, the police... Uh, obviously, looking at this, I've been looking at the authorities, you know, both the police and, um, you know, the local councillors. They've been mm -hmm. sort of quite prominent in the debate and they have to obviously authorise the various marches and stuff like that. Um, you know, I did kind of touch on what the Orange Order had had to say about the police organisation and obviously the, the fairly sort of massive overreaction to, you know, your initial protests. Um, it's, it strikes me as odd that these organisations and, you know, local government are taking so long to go into this issue, again, because mm. it is a straight up black and white issue of discrimination, mm. an issue of, you know, uh, intimidation and stuff like that. Is it because these guys are institutionally involved in things like the Orange Order, or has it just been that okay. they've followed the, you know, the chain of thought that we've had of just tolerating it? Has it just been accepted for so long that nobody <laughs> thought to do anything about it, or is there some more malicious in play? Well, yet? I'll take the two organisations separately. Of course. And, uh, and, and I think it's really important that you've raised that, mm -hmm. because as I was saying to you earlier before we began, our campaign is not to ask the people who hate us to do us a favour. Yeah. Our, I mean, if they want to voluntarily reroute, that would be great, but, mm -hmm. but that's not what our campaign is. Our mm -hmm. campaign is to ask the authorities in this country to uphold our rights as a minority community under UK law, under Scots law, and under international treaty to which the UK is a signatory. That's what our campaign is. We're not speaking 
to other people who hate us and asking them not to hate us. In fact, they can continue to hate us. Yeah. As I've said many times before, they just can't make it our problem. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see a day when they don't feel the need to be in an organisation like that. Mm-hmm. But until they are, we have to address it. And the way that we address it is by calling on the state to uphold our rights and not to call on them to be nice to us. Yeah. Um, although as a practising Catholic myself, I do call on them to do that but a campaign is not that because a campaign again to be clear our campaign is not a catholic campaign Mm -hmm. our campaign is an anti-discrimination campaign Mm -hmm. and anybody who's opposed to anti-irish to 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 irish race anti-irish racism and to anti-catholic bigotry uh, whether they be catholic or any religion or Mm -hmm. no religion are, are very welcome to get behind and do Absolutely. So so that just to make that clear, mm-hmm. we're not a lay Catholic organisation. No. We don't ask the church for permission to oppose discrimination. That's mm-hmm. not not what's happening. And you've been vocal uh, in terms of so, opposing, you know, vandalism at the local mosques. I know one of the criticisms yeah, yeah, level that is well, well, there are two things. Sorry, before I get back to your first question, I will just answer that. Yes, of course, we would offer solidarity to other uh, religious groups and minority groups who mm-hmm. have been treated like this. One of the things we haven't done, and it's mainly because <coughs> we're not being asked to do it in good faith, mm-hmm. is that there are a group of people who continually send us things and say, I condemn that then. Yeah. So we just ignore that of because course. really that we're not being asked in good faith. Yeah. But just to be perfectly clear, if you suffer discrimination or assault or abuse because you are a Protestant, then we condemn that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Let me just be absolutely clear about that. But we don't condemn to order just by somebody who just thinks they'll just, if you're an anonymous account on Twitter and say, mm-hmm. yeah, condemn that, condemn that, you're a bigot, you know. So we don't bother with that. We ignore that. So let's, let's, let, yeah, let's, let's be clear about that. Okay, let's get back to your more substantive question, <laughs> uh, which is around the nature of the, the institutions of the yep. state that we are actually trying to speak to. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the police, the police tell us that the, the the police the police service of Scotland and people get really annoyed when I call them that, but that is their proper name. Absolutely. Right. I know they're normally referred to as Police Scotland. Their correct name is the Police Service of Scotland. That's what I've always called them. I'll continue to do that. Okay. Uh, so the Police Service of Scotland uh, are say that they take a human rights based policing approach. Okay. So they that should inform how they implement different pieces of legislation. And one of the problems we've had with the Police Service of Scotland is that they, as far as we can see, up till now, up till last week, have not used the powers that they have. Now, they're the only... What happens with a procession is you notify. You don't ask for permission. You notify the local authority. You say, we are going to process on this day at this time by this route, and this is why we're doing it. And here's the arrangements we're going to make to steward it and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the only statutory consultee for the local authorities, local authority makes the decision as to whether they're going to object to yep. that or not. And there are very limited grounds for it to do so. Mm-hmm. As is right in a democratic society. I don't want the local authority to have lots of powers mm-hmm. to ban marches, so that's fine. Um, but they have one statutory consultee. They must consult the Police Service of Scotland. They can consult other people but they must consult the police service of scotland and then they take they hear what they've got to say and then they make their decision now that's that's a description of the the process in actual fact what happens is people put in a a a notification and unless 
the police service of Scotland say there will be disorder. The council says they can't. So they, they, they have a very limited and restricted view. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that they're allowed to, the, both the police and the local authority are allowed to take into account is disruption to the life of the community. So okay. there's disorder, there's, you know, uh, I think, damage to property, uh, there's, there, I think there's four things, but one of them is disruption to the life of the community. Mm -hmm. And that has been, had, had a very limited um, interpretation. So for instance, the QC acting on behalf of those organisations in court last Friday okay. was saying, well, it, it would be things like, you know, if you decide to have a procession, you know, uh, at eight o'clock in the centre of town on a weekday morning yeah. because that would disrupt mm -hmm. traffic. Absolutely. Now that's a very limited view and the sheriff, um, I'm happy to say, didn't he, didn't he agree with that? But the police have, you know, they say, oh, we just need to look at disorder. I said, no, 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 you don't have to look at disorder. Here are the things that you need to look at and you're mm -hmm. meant to take into account the needs of the community and so on. So that's the argument we had with them. And their, their approach to this for the outset was, there isn't a problem here. We can police this because we've always policed it. Mm -hmm. Now, it would be very difficult to get police service of Scotland to say that they can't police something. Well, they will never say that. Course, they will yeah. never say we can't. So, of course, uh, which was the difficulty they found themselves over the Offensive Behaviour uh, Football Act because they couldn't say that if it was repealed, they wouldn't be able to police football because they just can't say that. But anyway, so so they only think about about that aspect. We can do this because we've always done it. And it was very difficult to try and get through to them but that's not a good enough reason to say you keep, that you should be saying there's no need for that. Mm -hmm. Particularly in light of the fact, as you say, all we were asking was that they don't get rooted past Catholic churches. And as people will have heard me saying on numerous occasions now, two and a half thousand streets in Glasgow, fewer than 60 with a Catholic church on it. So plenty of options mm -hmm. uh, for where you can proceed. Yeah. And in fact, the routes in, in the areas that we've been talking about more recently... Uh, but this is true more widely than this across Scotland, the routes that they choose are not the most obvious or direct. There is nothing particular about them other than they very carefully pass Catholic churches. That's really what you would say about them. So, so our argument with the police was, was to continue to, to lobby them mm -hmm. and to engage with them you know, away from yeah. the, the camera and away from, you know, the actual marches themselves, is to say, you are able to take these things into account and they can, in your community impact assessment, they mm -hmm. construct, they have a living document called a community impact assessment. Mm -hmm. Now, the last one, you know, about a month ago, they had one in which they had to then admit that they had never consulted the community. So they constructed a community impact assessment in which they had never consulted the community. So they've now done that. They've consulted the community and they've updated it and so on and so forth. And they then keep on updating that. Yeah. And and hopefully that's what's led to what happened uh, last week, which I can talk about if you yeah, like. But anyway, so, that, so, that, that's, that's the, so that's where we are with the police. How many of the 60 streets that they go like as part of their routes? How many? Oh, right. Uh, how many of those churches actually have an orange marks yeah, going past them? past them? I don't even think we have that number yet. Right, so we don't uh, even know. It is a number. Listen, we have just been running to keep up yeah. since mm -hmm. we started, and there are a lot. We don't even have a website. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's under construction. But we've really there's lots of things that you would do with a campaign when you start it that we haven't even managed to get to yet. Because literally week on week on week we're saying what's happening next week in terms yeah, of what's yeah. it. So it's been literally week to week. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know the answer to that, and yeah. I will. I will go and check. I would now, hazard it's a pretty high percentage. Well, I'm. I'm not absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. I think of the. I think of the next lot of. I think of the. I think about a quarter of the next. Of the notified parades yeah. that are already there, mm-hmm. go past Catholic churches. So there are definitely some which don't. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So there, there are One definitely. Four still quite a lot, though. It's quite high. But 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 that's that. I don't know how good that statistic is because yeah. that's really only about what's notified at the minute. At the anyway, moment. so to come oh, back yeah. to that, so that's the position with the police. That's where we are with them to try and say to them, within the current legislation, you can do this and you should do it, and you need to lose the mindset which says orange marches are what happen and we just police them. You need to lose that mindset. Mm-hmm. You need because you wouldn't have the same mindset if we were talking about the BNP or the SDL Absolutely or any of those not. organisations. You would not have that mindset. You now have to begin. They even questioned me and said, oh, well, some people wouldn't call them anti-Catholic. And I said, well, I, I, I don't really care what you, <laughs> what some people call them. I can give you evidence that these are anti and, and to be quite honest, what I actually said to him was I said, the dogs in the street know that this is an anti-Catholic yeah, yeah. organisation. So I would expect a senior police officer to be aware that that's the case. So don't, please don't, please don't, play around with that. So I don't have time to have silly arguments yeah, about whether or not the Orange Order or it's or it's the loyal orders in general are anti-Catholic or not. The dogs in the street know that they are. Yeah. So so let's no let's not get into that. Then you take the local authority. As I say, the local authority takes a very cautious risk-averse approach or have done up till now. So local authorities Glasgow, I know more about. Mm-hmm. I do know about some other local authorities, yeah. actually, which are actually even, I think, probably even more restricted interpretation of the legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they take the view, well, if the police don't raise an objection, then it doesn't matter how many objections you write to them. Yeah. If the police don't raise an objection, they don't touch it. Okay. That's how they've always been. And now, we're within a relatively short time, we've managed to convince them that mm-hmm. actually you know, you do need to do something. And thank goodness they they took those. Now, that was four parades. One of them was started and ended at the same place, so really three mm-hmm. parades over less than 48 hours. Less than, sorry, less than 24 hours, Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. So one starting at 5 o'clock on the Saturday and the other one's at half 11 on the Sunday, so two on the Sunday... Two organisations notified, but the same starting end points, so really one on mm-hmm. the Saturday over a weekend. And they said, no, you can't do this. You're, you're not doing it. And that's when the loyal orders asked for that to be judicially reviewed. Yeah. And that's what happened on Friday. And this is kind of where we're at just now, because one of the things that since this has sort of kicked off in recent weeks, particularly, you know, kind of Easter onwards and whatnot, um, with a you know almost week on week request to march mm. by the same chapel, almost as if somebody's trying to make some sort of weird point. I don't get. Um, I don't. I didn't get why rerouting that walk the first time didn't set a precedent. Mm. Because if there's a legitimate argument to reroute that march in the first instance, why does it then yeah. need to be justified on a week by week basis? Why do you need to still go through the same rigmarole weekend? So I think in terms of the court proceedings uh, last week, you know, my reading of that is that you're now maybe trying to set a precedent that can be applied or yeah. hoping that the result will okay. be maybe used in that manner. We need to be careful here. The legislation 
requires, and I don't have any problem with this, mm -hmm. is that each march has to be considered on its own merits. Okay. So that's fine. However, that does not preclude the notion that there would be the same kind of considerations apply. So, for instance, if I was to ask to say, if I was to say, me and a thousand Duma pals will be parading around George Square at, you know, half past eight on Tuesday morning, I would expect the council to say, no, we need to change the time of the route mm -hmm. because it's too disruptive and it would require too much of a police resource and, yeah. and so on. And I would expect that to happen each and every time I put that notification in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... That, so there can be a sort of a presumption mm -hmm. that these are the kinds of things that we know we won't really go ahead with. So, so what? I, so although you have to consider each one separately, you notify the processions officer has a quick look and says, right, okay, it's no half past eight on a Tuesday morning, yeah. right, okay, uh, nothing else that causes a problem. We leave it there. If people object or the police object, fine, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. So that that's how that goes. If it does say that, then Aye, look, that's that's not really going to happen. The processions committee just goes bump. Just that's it. We don't all have to write. We don't have to threaten to counter protest. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's how that. So I think the same thing could apply. That there would be a presumption against anti-Catholic organisations marching past Catholic churches, mm -hmm. and they just say, look, the same things apply because we can say here and now, if they do, we'll be there. Mm -hmm. There might be five years, there might be 50 years, there might be 500 years. We can't say in, in advance, but that's what will happen. So they can say, if we allow this, this is what will happen. Therefore, too much police resource used. It's disproportionate, especially considering the democracy is not cheap. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't police things. Yeah. But especially concerned, nobody is banning these marches. Mm -hmm. All that's been said is you will take a different route, often a very minor detour. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there can be uh, a precedent in that sense. Okay. But what there can be is, a, is a, an acceptance that that will be the norm. Mm -hmm. That will be the presumption. The presumption will be if you ask to pass a Catholic church, you won't get down. And yeah. that, that will be how it will work. So it's really just an extension of what has already been a fairly common sense approach. Because, again, as we've discussed, I don't think, you know, it'd be very easy for this debate around your campaign to become extremely confrontational, mm. uh, especially given the nature of Glasgow. I don't feel at any point that's really been mm. the case. I think even though you fundamentally disagree with guys like the Orange Order, and I think you've also been hugely respectful or as much as you can be within the confines of the debate as well, especially here. And I don't get why these unreasonable things would not be implemented going forward, because, uh, sorry, these reasonable things, because, again, that's just a common... You're not saying ban them, which a lot of people are. You're saying just keep them away from our chapels, our churches, keep them away from our parishioners and, you know, our pastors and priests and, and so on and the canons and whatnot. And it, 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 I don't see any... I, I, even playing devil's advocate... I can't think of a legitimate argument against no. any of the points that you've made. It's a hard one. You know so, what I mean? Like, it's a difficult one. Yeah. And that, that's why I think, in terms of political... You know, we are starting to have meetings with representatives of mm -hmm. various political parties, which we've been seeking to do yeah. for some time, and representatives of other religious bodies, because we want them to come out and support us as well and say this is a reasonable 
thing to ask. Mm -hmm. I'll just sort of correct you there. Mm -hmm. I have no respect for the loyal orders whatsoever. Just to be clear, Mm -hmm. no respect in that I condemn them as bigots. That's my view on them. However, what I do respect is their democratic right Mm -hmm. to be what they are. Uh, And that's, that's, I respect them as people, as Mm -hmm. individuals, human beings, and I would respect them both as a socialist and as a practicing Catholic. I would respect their human rights and Mm -hmm. their dignity as a person. But I have no respect for those institutions whatsoever. What I'm prepared to do is engage in debate properly Mm -hmm. uh, and without any, you know, aggression or any of of that kind of thing. No, 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 I just want want to be clear (laughs) about that because I really don't want any kind of like middle class liberals coming in and tell me we should all sit on the table and hold hands. That's not going to happen. No. So let's. So I just want to be clear about the nature of that. So Absolutely. that respect is a different kind of respect. Yeah. It's about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a lot of part part of the, the problem with the attitude towards it and sort of saying like I don't understand why this is such a big issue is because they've kind of just had it all their own way for so long yeah, that that's now exactly. that change is happening, yeah. it's so shocking they to are, them. They are struggling with it. I have they're to say they are genuinely, yeah. they are genuinely is, struggling with it. They just can't even... believe it's happening. Exactly. I mean, the reaction in the court and trade, I mean, the, the reaction... I, I found it incredible that they thought... Um, that they thought that they could win that case. I find it absolutely incredible. And say to be honest, say to be honest, I don't want to be... I'm possibly being slightly... Um, I don't know what word you would use. It may be a wee bit cheeky here, but I have to say, thanks very much. You've just spent about 10 to 15 grand to ensure your own demise, really. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you took that... That's what needed yeah. to happen. They took that case and they were defeated mm-hmm. and had to, will have to pay the other side's expenses. And, and that will not be cheap. Yeah. That'll be quite a lot of money. And I don't know how they ever thought that they could make the case. Mm-hmm. Now, their QC actually said they have a human right. They have a right to walk past St. Alphonsus. Now, that, that's just a bizarre uh, notion. Weird. And thankfully, Sheriff Reid said, oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> so, my point um, being to, to come back to that, they... they I've gone as well. <laughs> uh, this is, there's a wider sort of issue struggling with. involving... You see it in, uh, across the board, and unfortunately for me and Matt, it's predominantly white men. Well, we're seeing this struggle to come to terms with a more progressive, more forward-thinking society yeah. that's sort of risen up over the course of the sort of last 15 years. But in the last couple of years, there seems to this, be this rebellion against that. Yeah. And I think this is almost sort of like part of it as well, where you're sort of seeing non nonsense really and thinking why do you think like that and I think it's just rooted in historical sort it's of a difficult one isn't it if you've always if you've never had to think about these things mm-hmm. if you have this sense of entitlement mm-hmm. it's deeply ingrained in you mm-hmm. you're entitled uh, and I don't want to get I don't want to get into the whole feminist debate as well. But I mean, again, as a man, you will feel into it's not your fault. It's not that you're a bad person. Uh-huh. It's that that's how you've been brought. That's the society yeah. you've lived in. Why would you think anything it's different? It's sort of rooted in basic psychology. It's rooted in how you've been brought. Why would you think anything different? Yeah. And 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 as white people, similarly, yeah, we won't have an understanding. And as people who live 
in the Northern Hemisphere as opposed to people in the Southern Hemisphere and how they live and what we think we're entitled to and what we would think would be, you know, if we were questioning that, you know, and so if we're asked to, and, and you know, people who, even things like, you know, oh, it's ridiculous, why can we not have plastic bags? And you think, because it was the impact to sort of climate change is really actually happening to other people. And you yeah. know, so things where you're asked to make changes to stuff that you never questioned mm -hmm. is really difficult for people and I don't think people should be condemned or slagged or, or whatever for it but you do have to actually engage with it and come to terms yeah, with it yeah. and realise that those days are over mm -hmm. your days are numbered as a supremacist yeah. organisation and people in fact if you just have a good look at yourself really what is it that you have mm -hmm. you know it's like the, the white South Africans the Boers yeah. like a lot of them weren't they rich or whatever? And their only thing was they were this much like a what's the right word? I don't want to say a crude word, a fag paper, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, above the black working class. But they, at least they felt better. Rather than yeah, looking up and saying, I'll have some of what you've got, they wanted to look down and say, I'll put my foot in your head so that I'm always above somebody. Yeah. And that's, that's you can see that throughout history, throughout the mm -hmm. world, throughout time. You can see that being played out over and over again. And that's really, I suppose, what you've got here is the drag ends of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is the drag ends. Mm -hmm. This is an organisation which I think some years ago Certainly the Lord George, I don't mm. know about the whole of the loyal orders. It's about 10,000 across the whole of Scotland. I suspect it's a lot smaller than that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the only thing they have is the feeling that they're better than us. And once that's once the public display of that is taken away from them, I think they will die a lot quicker. Yeah. If you look at the, the when those marches, the reroutes were upheld by the sheriff on mm -hmm. Friday, immediately... Two were cancelled, I think. They yep. said, oh, we're not, we're not, can we're not one. Which again is like, it's like, oh, we're, we're cancelling because we're not getting to walk past the chapel, so therefore, whatever it was reason that we yeah. had for denim in the first mm -hmm. place, now doesn't matter. So, and then the other ones went ahead, but they were tiny. Mm -hmm. They were tiny, uh, as opposed to the ones when we were there, because they were actually getting to quite enjoy our protest. They quite liked, that was better. Because we were actually standing there and they could walk past us and and, and smile at us. Yeah, it wasn't even defiance. It was like, yeah, and, and laugh at us. Mm -hmm. and, and they were quite enjoying, you know, the forces of the state facilitating them, taking their hatred past us and us being there to watch them. They liked that. So they were starting to really quite like, and there was big numbers turning up. And then if you go and look, there's a few clips online, tiny number. Yeah. The, yeah. your proverbial two men and a dog you know so I think in, in, in that respect I think we've, we've kind of covered all our main points we had a lot more questions but you seem to have got out in front of us enough quite no. a few of them <laughs> um, so sorry no not at all I just want to say thanks for coming on the day um, yeah. we 100% or I don't know Paul speak for yourself but 100% agree with both the sentiment no, and the approach of your campaign mm -hmm. um, you know and we wish you all the best of luck in the future and Thank you. if you ever want to come back and talk to us about the progress at the line you're welcome back anytime well, hopefully we'll be talking about something a bit more, uh, you know, something that really does address those big structural things that affect yeah. people's lives. Because we'd like to be moving on for this. We don't Absolutely. really want, that's not really what we're about. Mm -hmm. However, in the meantime, I will remind um, your listeners that uh, our email address is call it out all one word 2018 at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to either have maybe a local meeting, 
mm-hmm. not a public meeting, but a, a meeting where you want to discuss yeah. addressing problems that you have in your own area, then that'd be great. Contact us. Mm-hmm. We will be putting up a sort of a guidance sheet about how to sort of yeah. go about this. But just to remind everybody, what is absolutely key and what has brought us this far is that we have to be seen because we are a proper, non-violent, peaceful, anti-discrimination campaign. That's what we are. And as long as we maintain that, Mm -hmm. then our arguments are just unassailable. Absolutely. Jeanette, thanks again. Great having you.